1: The Tricky Triangle Slick Track Series set to kick off, I think, actually, tonight. Yeah, Tuesday, November 7th. So uh, get over to Joe's Karting. If you want to just go and see what it's like, you don't have to race. You can go and just watch as a spectator. Gets over pretty quickly, despite the fact that I think they've got, like, 30-some drivers that go and compete on a weekly basis. Uh, They run a couple heat races for each driver. Go out and do the uh, C, B, and A. And uh, it's good racing. It's actually damn good racing if you ever get a chance to get over there and watch. Uh, at Joe's Karting Accounts of Bloss, please, it starts at 7 o'clock. So if you're going to go over as a fan, you can get there right about 7 o'clock. If you're going over as a, as a driver, I believe there's, there is uh, practice available from 6 to 7, so you can turn down some laps and uh, and get a little bit warmed up and ready to go. So joeskarting.com, uh, karting with a K on uh, their website for uh, for more information on all of that fun stuff. Well, Dirk, we have a champion, and uh, I think this is uh, a, a about as good of a fan favorite champion as you're going to get when Kyle Larson doesn't win the championship. Well,
0: no, and well, maybe in yesterday's world, but Chase Elliott will still be the most popular driver. That's a great point. Playoffs. So. Yep,
1: you're right. He I, he would probably be way above. Uh, it would be Elliott, then Larson, but probably the second most fa- fan favorite
0: but yeah it, uh you know it was a good uh I'm I'm happy that he won it uh I I don't know I'm a little bit surprised but uh, we knew all the guys would be up there Christopher Bell obviously had a mechanical failure on his car so he didn't you know he didn't have a chance to finish mm-hmm. uh, but he was a top 10 car when he was running so my guess is he probably would have been up there but I mean you had your your three guys remaining on track for the title ran second, third, and fourth. I mean, you know, Ross, you should have pulled over and let Blaney win the race and the title.
1: You know? <laughs> hell no, hell no. This is not a sport where you pull over and let anybody drive. Anybody win a race.
0: Well, that's about as bad as when, uh, one of the reporters in the press conference afterwards <laughs> asked Blaney if he <laughs> hit Ross on purpose. <laughs> Fucking right.
1: I hit him on purpose. <laughs> and you know, uh, so we never actually said it. Uh Ryan Blaney ends up winning the championship by finishing second in the race yesterday of the other championship four. Larson finished third, Byron finished fourth, and Christopher Bell finished tail and Charlie at 36th. We're talking about the moment when uh this was before the final green flag stops and Blaney's got a, I think maybe a little bit better of a car, but Chastain's out in that clean air and is just running the perfect line. And Blaney could not get around him; he'd catch him. Oh, he wasn't running any line; he was
0: mirror driving Blaney. Everywhere that Blaney went, Ross was sure to go. Yeah,
1: you know? he was doing what he had to do to win a race, exactly. and. And, uh, and, and you could tell that Blaney was getting frustrated. They kept doing in-car shots. I think at one point in time, he flipped them the bird. Other times you'd see him, you know, kind of lift his hand like WTF. Other times he kind of smacked the dash as he was getting frustrated because every time that Ross would pull in front of him, the front end of that car would break loose. And, uh, and and he'd slide up the racetrack and have to lift and break all of his momentum. And then three or four laps later, he'd build it back up again. and um, no. and, I, and he was just getting frustrated.
0: Well, and he, he he didn't hit him hard enough to crash him, mm-hmm. but he didn't hit him hard enough to pass him either.
1: Right, he got next to him, and well, actually, he, I think he did pass him for a moment, but then Ross was able to get back around him. Or am I thinking of a he, different point?
0: He didn't have the line, okay. is what it amounts to. Yeah, he couldn't take Ross out of the fast line.
1: So, yeah. and um, and dang it, I had a thought process there that I I've completely oh. lost.
0: Well, it's not a long way
1: That's, that's, uh, I was really worried at that point that Ryan was going to run, uh, use up all of his equipment, use up his tires and maybe even damage the car, just trying to get the lead away from Ross. And, and the bigger picture is, and I, and we, we didn't get to listen to the in-car audio, uh, at Quaker Steak and Lube. So we didn't, I, I didn't know, maybe you've gone back and been able to watch it, but I didn't know if his crew chief. I guess I assume his crew chief did got on the radio and was like, Hey man, bigger picture. Second place. Isn't bad. All we have to do is stay in front of the other championship two that we're still in the race. And, and we've got this championship locked down. The win would be great, but it's not the most important thing.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there was plenty of that talk going on.
1: Cause it seemed like he kind of calmed down a little bit and And then Ross was able to get away and, and, and then it was kind of just run your own race and and keep your distance and, and go out there and, and win this damn championship. But I was getting really worried that he was, he was going to do a, um, an inexperienced mistake and he was going to, for the sake of winning the race, he was going to use up his tires, not win the race, not win the championship and, and have to come back next year and try it all over again, which we know how difficult that can be.
0: Yeah. I mean, the crew chief probably said, you know, Hey, uh, you know, NASCAR gave us our shot at the championship back when they undisqualified us, so yeah. don't blow it.
1: Plus, don't blow it. <laughs> uh, other championship drivers, I think Kyle Larson had a shot at it, but it was pretty clear that his car was not as good as Blaney's, even though Blaney's seemed bad. to be a little it's bit never loose.
0: was the fastest car.
1: Yeah, Byron was uh, fast early on, led quite a few laps, but, boy, once he got back in traffic, he just could not get his car Uh, back up front and and be able to get by anybody Uh, he ended up settling for fourth and uh, Christopher Bell retired early ended up finishing 36th had a a brake rotor that exploded
0: yeah but I mean those front front three if you if you would go back and and look at lap times lap after lap after lap those cars were so even yeah I mean they once they got into a certain spot on the track they just, you know, they were spread out by six or seven car lengths, and they all ran the same speed. Yeah, you know, it, it, it might time for a hundred laps. It, you
1: know? it might be the detriment to Phoenix. Uh, and maybe it was just this race. Maybe it was just this car setup. Maybe whatever. But I, I was always a fan of the championship being at Homestead because I felt like there was three fast grooves at that racetrack. There was a low, middle, and a high, and obviously you can run other lines because it's five six wide uh at that racetrack it is a big wide racetrack but if somebody like blaney needed to get around chastain then he could maybe move down to a different groove and be able to get the run through the corners or out of the corners uh and, and be able to make his car work at different points of the racetrack but uh, kind of at phoenix it felt like there was one fast lane around the racetrack when maybe there was two but but we uh, were seeing two, a lot there of one
0: grooves there was two definite grooves and uh it was just tough to make your car work a long time on that lower line. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was tougher on the tires, and that's the same way anywhere. Um, a high groove is easier on tires. That's just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. But it was more of a factor yesterday because there were few guys that could run any more than four or five laps on that bottom line before their tires started to give way. So, yeah.
1: Uh, So like we said, Ryan Blaney ends up winning the championship first time in the 10 year elimination style that the champion did not win the race. Uh, Do you think that takes away from the uh, the moment at all? Or is it a kind of a special little factor?
0: Yeah, I think it takes away from the moment.
1: I think Um, it confuses it a little bit to where outside fans are like, wait, but he didn't win the race, but he won the championship. Well, I guess not really, because we we spent a what sixty years crowned champions that way.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it did it did distract a little bit,
1: but good for Ross. I mean, it, it was a well deserved win. Third in stage one, second in stage two, ended up winning on the day. Uh, he had a great car, and and it was just very determined. And I really did love the fact that he he didn't pull over and let these guys win it. I don't think he put anybody in danger. Other than you know, if if Ryan would have tried to wreck him and ended up wrecking himself, I think that would have been on Ryan. Now everybody would have blamed Ross Chastain, but it. If I'm Ross, we, well, we've heard Brad Keselowski say it. He said, "I'm I'm paid to win races, not finish second.
0: Yeah, and, but there it, was there was a couple times when he got real close when before the hit and all that stuff kind of the, brought up the flipping the bird deal mm-hmm. was when, when Blaney was trying to get by him coming out of turn four coming to the start finish line and ross didn't really use him up but he didn't give him an extra inch
1: right you know yeah
0: he left him no room
1: and and you know the litmus test to this entire thing is what would dale have done dale senior and i think dale senior would have raced exactly like ross chastain maybe later in his career i don't know but Dale everything I've I've read and watched and, and seen from Dale Earnhardt was if you're going to beat me you got to earn it I'm not going to give it to you and, it, and that even rang true for his son you got to beat yeah, me it's every and
0: right. it's, it's nothing to do a Dale senior it's every yeah, right exactly There's Tony Stewart
1: would. was that way Kevin Harvick is that way Jimmy Johnson was that way they well I guess not I would I'm going to take back Jimmy Johnson because I I think he was a more of a uh, bigger picture racer that he, he would pull over and let somebody go by if second place still got him what he needed to do that day. But I think there's plenty of racers out there uh, my generation, your generation, and, and our grandparents' generation that uh, that's racing. They race you hard every single lap, doesn't matter what it is. And I don't think Ross Chastain did anything wrong. He deserved to go out there and win that race. Uh, and, and he did. He went out there and, and showed everybody. And I think the funnest moment was Blaney, Hamlin, and Chastain all going for the lead. Yep. And I I honestly cannot believe Denny Hamlin didn't do something to Ross Chastain. Uh, but he raced him clean. He didn't do anything to Ross. And, and Ross and, and Blaney got away, and they battled for the lead a little bit longer. And Denny, who was on two tires on that final uh, final exchange, how many, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, was that final run was uh, that two tires was because of a caution, right?
0: Yeah. So I was I'm thinking jealous. there was
1: only three total cautions on the day, but there was actually four.
0: Yeah, there were four.
1: Four caution flags. So good season, I think, overall. Uh, NASCAR's, as always, got some work to do just to kind of go and tweak on this aero package and make things a little bit better at the short tracks. But are you a fan of leaving the uh, the championship race at Phoenix we know we're going there in 24, so what about 25 and beyond? Do you, do you want to see it move, or are you fine with it staying there if it does?
0: Oh, I'd like to see it move almost every year. Yeah. I'd like to see that move. I'd like to see now that they are doing the clash, now that they prove that they're willing to do the clash somewhere other than Daytona. The reason they always did it in Daytona is because they were down there for their Speed Weeks deal. Right. You know, so Daytona was just kind of, you know, it just kind of made sense. And it still does. Mm-hmm. But since they proved that they're willing to do it out in Los Angeles, they might as well move that damn thing around, too. The all-star race is starting to move around. Yeah. You know, I think they got it at a total joke right now. That race last year was the stupidest thing I've seen out of any NASCAR race I think I've ever seen.
1: Uh, bigger than the circuit Circus of the Americas? Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was still a joke of a race. I mean, it was a joke of a race.
1: He did. I mean, it was. It that was not fun at all. It was not fun to watch that race.
0: It was like everybody else only had three tires or had a V six or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you're talking about you know moving stuff around and changes NASCAR is making. I mean, they've already they're already doing tests because NASCAR Ford and everybody complained so much about the Mustang that you know we're not arrow this we're not arrow that. So now they've been testing this new Ford front end that's just waiting for NASCAR's approval. And funny thing that a Ford wins the title, <laughs> and a Ford wins in the Xfinity,
1: mm-hmm. and a Ford wins in the Truck Series. But somehow the Ford did not win the uh, Manufacturers Championship.
0: That's because there's a lot more racing going on than that. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, that's that's a whole different ball game the way that deal's done. So uh,
1: I think I'm with you on that. I would like to see some of these, you know, exhibition races or and I'd like to see the chase. Oh, wow. The chase. I just stepped back several years there. I'd like to see the playoff races mix it up a little bit. I I think these teams get a little too comfortable uh, with the same 10 races in the final the, the final playoffs. Now we've seen a little bit of shuffling of it here and there. And, and you and I were kind of talking on, uh, on Sunday while we were watching the race, boy, Chase Elliott just looked like dog doo-doo. I mean, he was never a factor all day long. Uh, he was, uh, at risk of going a lap down for quite a while, just absolutely. I mean, just not what you would expect a, out of a Hendrick car, B out of rock, out of, uh, out of Chase Elliott. He ends up finishing 16th on the day and, and we were kind of maybe theorizing that maybe they tried a setup that because we're gonna be here next year, it's never too early to start trying some new things in your playbook. And and if they can throw this crazy setup at the car and and go out there and find something, that's that's gonna give them information, whether good or bad, it's gonna give them information for next year.
0: Well, yeah, if if that is in fact what they did you know, they
1: definitely know what they're not going to do next year in this spring. Yeah. That's for darn sure. That's important. You know. And this race, I think it's important to do it because we're going to run at this race next year. We're going to run at this time next year. We'll run November 10th. So a little bit later down in Phoenix, weather's probably not going to be too much different, maybe a little bit different, but this was the race. They had absolutely nothing to gain very little to lose. Go throw something crazy on the car that you've been thinking about or you think might work or some kind of harebrained something and see what it does. If your dog doo-doo and you finish 16th after not being competitive at all, then you know you went. You need to go in the opposite direction.
0: Well, yeah, not necessarily in the opposite direction. It might just take one little tweak and that thing's a rocket ship. That's, yeah. all, and that's you know about these cars.
1: This is also kind of the fun thing that I would love to see I, I'll, I'll probably never be able to find it, but I would love to see a lap by lap breakdown of his times. He finished 16th. That's a, that's a six. That's a, just a very surface in number. Right. But maybe there was like a 30 lap run out there where he got the word go and he started pushing that car. And because the other thing to experiment and putting these things on there is you can't let the competition know that you got something. So if they did actually have a really good setup on there, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he went out there and just kind of ran the race and stayed somewhere in mid-pack and then at some word go, they went and pushed it really hard and they were able to put down some pretty good lap times and then back off again so that it wouldn't raise suspicion to the competition. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm probably I, I getting a little that. bit uh, 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 aluminum foil hat here. but
0: I never saw him go anywhere.
1: Well, and the yeah. other, the yeah. other yeah. thing that's yeah. counter to yeah. that –
0: due to that last set of pit stops
1: yeah the other thing that's counter to that point is that everybody can see your telemetry so if they see that you're running 70 percent throttle or or 85 throttle or whatever most of the race that's going to raise a red flag
0: yeah and you know believe me there was people watching yeah so
1: yeah that's uh, probably just a little I've bit crazy. In
0: up in the tower
1: hey uh did you happen to see who won our uh our fantasy league our pickups contest
0: yeah, as a matter of fact, I did.
1: Yeah, you're talking to a two time, and I believe is the this only? I think it is the only repeat champion. Uh, we were, I, I don't remember if we were talking about it on the show, but uh, I think it was at the uh, at Quaker Stake and Lube. You, you were the champion in like 13 or 14 or something like that.
0: Well, I was, I joined the show in 15, so it was before that. So, yeah,
1: I want to say it was 13 or 14 because I remember. It might have been the year that you won the championship. Afterwards, I asked you to join the show because I remember I remember the you saying, "Suppose this means I can't win the championship anymore."
0: <laughs> well, it was just kind of funny because when you when you called me up to talk to me, of course, I just got out of the hospital for coming on the show with my kidney failure stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the week before Christmas, and you called me up and said, "Hey." Can you meet me over at Quaker Steak, I'll buy you dinner and I want to talk to you. I got some questions about the Fantasy League to do some tweaking on it. And I said, Yeah, okay, for dinner, I'll come over. And he asked me one question, you know, and I don't even remember what it was. And he said, hey, you want to be my co-host?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you I think you filled in one time, right?
0: I'd filled in three times.
1: Yeah. So there, there was a little bit of history there, and and yeah. Anyway, so congratulations on winning the championship. Uh, although you you won't officially go down as the champion. I th- we all know who the real champion is.
0: It's bragging rights, but <laughs> the, uh, the standings did take a little change.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Donna Bice yeah. ended up getting around for second.
0: Yep. Well, um, the, cha- the title, the championship.
1: Yep. So she is officially the champion. She'll get the cool little trophy. Um, Dr. UNK boys or Dean Lambrick, he ended up finishing uh, third and uh, Alan Gray fourth, and your top five goes to Dale Smith. I think Dale's a former champion. Uh, uh, Chad Rob, uh, Mr. Fantasy, ended up finishing sixth. Bob Kroger ended up finishing seventh. Then it was Mike Cleaver, and I think uh, Dan Cleaver ninth, and Chris Brown jumped into the top ten. So good year again, and, and a big thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners for continuing to support that and uh, making sure it's free to all of our great fans, and... Now I start the long and arduous journey of getting all the prizes organized and sent out to everybody over the next couple of weeks. So if you're listening and you're a part of the fantasy years. league.
0: Or the next couple of years.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing that again. I'm getting it done and out of the way because I've I've got a big project for the basement. I need to get all this stuff out of my basement. <laughs> um, and I I think the bigger of the story is I beat James Rowland. That's all I can take away from from this season was I finished 52nd he finished 61st and I beat James that's that's all I have left to grab onto after the horrible season that I had and congratulations by the way to Kyle Larson because I picked him for Sunday's race and and he didn't he didn't wreck or break anything early on which seemed to be the case I didn't think he could pick him oh who'd I take then I don't
0: know, but I thought you had. I thought you used up all all oh, four. No. of no, I I took Harvick. That's right. There you go. You took Harvick, who had a solid day. I he, mean,
1: yeah, and led a little bit too. Congratulations to him on, you know, he looks strong. Like uh, in his final race, he was he might have something, but uh, just the car wasn't able to hold on on the long runs and uh, kind of fell back a little bit. Yeah, I
0: mean, as far as the actual contest went. The contest still gave all the stage points and everything that the, mm-hmm. that the final four were getting. The final four, by NASCAR's rules, they, you know, whoever got to the checkered flag first didn't have to win the race, but it was Blaney who running second, was the first out of the four people, so he won the title, yeah. but there was no, no stage points or anything else in there because if that was the case, um, well, I was going to say, I think, Blaney or no, uh, Blaney ended up. What do you have
1: probably would have been Byron. So Blaney was tenth and sixth. Yeah, he only had second.
0: six points.
1: And Larson Byron was
0: seventeen. Larson had ten. So yeah, Blaine or uh, Byron would have been the champion if yeah. they'd have given six points. Yeah, but the other guys also might have raced them.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, and in fa- like you were kind of getting to that point. Our fantasy league. Uh, on the uh, official sheet, uh, Byron got thirty three points, but in our fantasy league, he got fifty points because he had right. seventeen stage points that that we ended up awarding. so.
0: And uh, Blaney had fifty seven or not mm-hmm. blaney, but Ross.
1: Trastain had fifty seven yep, after our third and second uh, place 57. finishes in the stages.
0: And uh, Byron had fifty. then you had Harvick and Chris Busher, who had a very nice race yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, They both ended up with 47 points. So, um,
1: yep. Harvick ended up finishing seventh on the day,
0: but uh, yeah, like I said, Busher had a career year. So, you know, for a guy that's kind of, you know, he's won a race here and there type deal, but he definitely had a career year this year. Yep. So,
1: All right, uh, we turn our attention to the off season coming up next in turn number two. We're going to sit down with Beatrice Speedway promoter Tommy Denton, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to in the sport. Just an all-around great dude, and he's trying to do what he can to get some great racing down in Beatrice. So we're going to talk to him, Uh, and then uh, you know we've got our interview scheduled. We're going to do a show on Thursday, and I believe that is going to be Kaylee Richards is going to be our interview on Thursday, and then uh, we're going to do. Next week, we're going to switch to one a days or one a weeks. Uh, as we will, uh, we'll, uh, we'll only play one show a week. If something big happens, there's a major development. Um, uh, maybe Eric Almarola decides to unretire again. We may throw out a special episode and talk about it real quick. But for the most part, it sounds like it's going to be uh, Tuesday 10 a.m. releases. From next week on out, and then we are getting set for uh Daytona. So we're gonna have the uh, Daytona 500 party at Quaker Steak and Lube. By the way, I said it there. I said it online. I'll say it again. uh Big thanks to those guys for all their support to us. They allow us to come down and do these interviews. They let us come down and do these parties, and um, and we just have a great time with it. Though you guys were all great to the waitress. She did a fantastic job keeping us uh keeping us full, keeping us filled and uh, checking on us, so big thanks to those guys, and we'll do it again February 18th for the Daytona 500 as we get set for the 2024 race season. I don't have...
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, we've also got interview night set up over there for uh, uh, the 13th of November. We've got uh, uh, track champions from Ottawa coming down, and we've got a couple other drag race interviews we're going to put together. I think we got five total for the 13th, Mm-hmm. Uh, following Monday on the twentieth, we have the champions from uh, Adams County Speedway. Yep,
1: and uh, we're working. We're working on uh, December eleventh. Uh, we're working on the uh, Shelby County Speedway track champions.
0: And we're working on the fourth with on December fourth with uh, Crawford County Speedway.
1: Yep, this all sounds a little bit confusing, but just pay attention to Facebook. Make sure you like and follow the front stretch Facebook page. Don't just like us. We appreciate the like, but make sure to follow us that way when we post these events and these, these get togethers and and we do these fun things, uh, make sure to to follow us. That way you get notification of it. And uh, when we do any kind of other parties, like we're, we're still working on doing something with like a chili bowl viewing party, maybe something with the dirt in the, in the dome coming up uh, in uh, December working on these little special events when we do these events and we release them you'll get notification if you're following us uh, and then also you'll get notification we post new shows so please make sure to uh, follow us as well as like us anything we left out Dirk
0: no I think that's it but yeah I hadn't even thought about a Dirk in December show I'm sure Chris would give us a room to to put something together on that but we'll have to check with him to make sure I'm sure he will absolutely do
1: it. All right, guys, we're going to be back on Thursday with another edition. We'll get you recapped on any news and headlines that may have happened since we last talked to you. But in the meantime, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Turn number two, Beatrice Speedway track promoter Tommy Denton is going to join us. Hang tight. Dirk and I will be right back on the front stretch. Great times, great food. Get too quick, to Steak and lose. Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are kids night where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is all you can eat wings night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak & Lube in Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak & Lube.
0: We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch.
1: Welcome back to the front stretch rolling into turn number two presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Uh, big thanks to everybody that came out on Sunday for uh, the Phoenix Championship Party and uh, and watched the champion be crowned. Boy, wouldn't you want to know who that champion was. We're, by the way, we're recording back in October at Quaker Steak and Lube.
0: Yeah, the champion's William Byron. I'll tell okay. everybody. Now. I'll tell
1: everybody. Now. I, I mean, I think he's got the. Well, we'll see what happens, but I think he's got. He's probably got the best chance. He's not a, even in the race yet. <laughs> no, that's true. Not when we're recording. Is he? In the, we haven't even recorded our our recap of the. Uh, what race were they at this weekend?
0: Well, they were at Homestead, Homestead. this Homestead. weekend. That's they got right. Martinsville out to go. So
1: yeah. we'll see what happens. But anyways, uh, thanks everybody who came down. Make sure you guys like and follow the Quakers & Loot Facebook page. A lot of great things going on. They post different specials, events that are going on, uh, new food items. There's a great new food menu that is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, make sure you follow Quaker Steak and Luba on Facebook. And we were recommended by the guy we're going to talk to on Thursday that you, that he is a must follow on social media. Tommy Denton joining us on the show now, promoter for Beatrice Speedway. And people have got to track down Tommy Denton on social media because apparently uh, you're, you're one steamy follow. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't.
2: I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> I might have ad libbed a little bit there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen your um, posts for tonight, and
1: I. <laughs> oh, well, no I sure got <laughs> <huh? laughs> I might have had a couple of drinks that night. Uh, was that? Well, that one, Did you see the one, the other one that I posted earlier in the week? I think so. The, the man meat. <laughs> yeah, I did. I seen was, that. The only picture I could find was you wearing a blue Beatrice <laughs> Speedway official shirt, and you had some uh, pectorals and hair coming out a little bit, and I was like. That is a nice piece of man meat. I
0: saw that, and I said, ah, oh, Quaker Steak put in some chrome poles. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, easy year. Uh, lots of great things that happened at Beatrice. You didn't have any struggles. You didn't no. have any uh, headaches. Uh, everything went off without a hitch. No. <laughs> well,
2: I had to Not one really. night. Oh, there was a couple <laughs> nights that went awesome. Actually... If you think about it our whole month of may we never got a rain out
1: we didn't there wasn't a lot of
2: june was another story yeah
1: (laughs) we missed it it was uh i was predicting a thursday night storm season for the year Mm -hmm. and uh i think i think it kind of nailed it a little bit like it, it always feels to me like as you're going into the year so january february and march just Kind of pay attention to what days it snows and sleet's and rains yep. on, and it's going to stay that consistent pattern all year long. And uh, Thursday nights, but but we, you got a little bit on Friday nights too. Yeah,
2: w- June was that first weekend of June. We got into it, and Lisa told us the storm is coming. When the wind comes up, the rain is going to be there. Yeah. Well, once it came up and it came up hard, we called it. <laughs> It rained a mile south of the track. Yeah. Did not rain at the track.
1: No? No. That's always the tough one because, of course, there's the uh, – well, if I ran a racetrack group on yeah. social media. Uh, there's a lot uh, of them. that, <laughs> And, it, and I, it's, it's something I've learned just watching all of you promoters that it doesn't matter which way you go. You didn't call the races you were an idiot because mm. the rain was coming. Uh, you do call the races you were an idiot because it never rained. And it, it's always a tough thing. And man, I can tell you, it's, it's probably – do you think it's one of the toughest decisions that you've got to make on a regular basis? Yes. Of w- if we, you're going to call the races and when to call them?
2: We just went through that. Oktoberfest. Yeah. The weather. Thursday night was out. We knew that for practice. Yeah. Friday, it was just too wet to do anything. And then we had that constant mist yeah, all and, day long. And
1: Friday, it ne- like I think it was supposed to be misty, but then the sun was supposed to come out like 10 or 11. And it, it didn't. It, just, it was like, I'm taking the day off. So it just stayed out.
2: Went out there Saturday, still wet. It was drying, the wind. But then the weather service told us by about 2, the mist was coming back in. Well, the rain didn't come until 5 or 6.
1: Which is actually better because then you would have stuck it out. Everybody would have been there. And then everybody would have had to pack up and go home. And you'd have mad guys because they wasted time and, and money getting out to the track. And
2: what I felt bad is there was a lot of people there. There was a guy there from Minnesota already. You know? And I got to get together with him, so I'm going to make it better for him. But uh, I know for Oktoberfest, it's a long ways to go for some of those guys, and yeah. I felt bad about it. But I wanted to get at least one day in, and the weather just didn't let us do it.
1: Yeah, it's the beginning of season and end of the season specials. And I, I think you guys, um, I think you guys do it right. I, I love hearing you know people say, "Why in the hell are they trying to race uh, for spring for the spring th- or for the uh, spring naturals? Yeah. And I'm like, it's simple. If it gets, the race gets in, you get 200 cars in the pits. Oh, yeah. And if it doesn't, hopefully the weather's cooperating with you enough that you're able to call it early enough that you haven't wasted too much money.
2: We had one good one. You can ask Kyle over there. We had 200 and some odd cars the first night and over 300 the second night. It was like 80 degrees that weekend. It was beautiful.
1: This was, uh, was it this season or a couple years ago? A couple years ago. Yeah, I think I remember that one.
2: Then we got COVID, and that stopped that, and then the winner wanted to hang on for a little longer, yeah. so we didn't get that in either. So,
1: um, th- But let's go through the thoughts on the season. It, uh, you got some great track champions, a uh, couple of close battles. Um, w- what are your thoughts on, on how your grading for the season for the uh, racetrack as a whole?
2: I think C plus or a B. Kay. I mean, there's a lot of things we could have done to make it better and I'm working on some of that now yeah. but um, the track got better as we went because we did add dirt at the first of the year and it was, it was a little tricky right off the bat but it's so hard mm-hmm. it very seldom gets holes in it anymore and uh, Billy and Brian did a fairly good job of keeping it especially at the end of the season they really did good on it
1: what, where, where, are you able to track down a dirt mixture that's able to soften it up
2: I don't know what – it came – the dirt actually came from a block away. Okay. So they didn't have to haul it very far. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets hard, but the track stays smooth, but it's hard on tires, and it takes rubber, Yeah. you know, then. So.
1: Yeah, and that's the nasty word that kind of, uh, in my opinion, plagued the the track a little bit this year, uh, especially when you're talking about, you know, where I come from with the Sprint Car guys. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love them to death but man are those sprint car guys a pain in the ass <laughs>
2: yeah and i learned my lesson <laughs> the hard way you know we had 17 cars 19 cars the first night we had them awesome but the track took rubber took the rubber and they burned off a couple tires and
1: is that the direction you're wanting to go is to have more sprint car specials and, I, and not necessarily to say sprint cars are better than anybody else no
2: i'm I've got them set up again for four nights again this okay. year for the 305s. I'm still going to do the 360 thing. Joe and I are working that out right now. Okay. But uh, I'm going to stay the way I am, I think. Yeah. I've talked to a few of the drivers. Tyler Drookie was a good one. He says, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Four nights. You don't need us every night, which is fine with me because we've got five good classes now. So yeah. I don't want to change anything there. So.
1: Yeah, It's. I, I tell you, Tyler's been a great source for me with just – He's such a wealth of knowledge, and for only being in his 30s, but he's been doing it for so long. And yeah. he's, I don't know. He's just—it just seems to me like he's—he's he's a little bit of a cut above everybody else. Because yeah. you know, there's—I'm I'm thinking of one guy in particular that they'll just go on social media and just trash you, as opposed to Tyler will come over and go, "Hey, listen. Yep. Maybe next time we could try this." You know, there's a group of guys that are really trying to work with you to, to mm-hmm. make this uh, work at Beatrice. Yeah,
2: and I appreciate it, yeah. everything that they did for me. And I, You know, it was a struggle this year with them. But the show at the end of the season, which was my show, mm-hmm. that ended up good. I mean, I, I broke even. That's all I wanted out of that. Deal. You
1: had a little more of that chrome coming out of your T-shirt after that night.
2: <laughs> it felt good. Cause <laughs> actually, when I looked up in the stands and seen all those people and – my wife worked the pitch act, and she told me what we'd brought in. And we knew we were going to be close, and it was still sketchy for the longest time. But yeah. it looks like we're going to break, break even on the deal. Th- you so. know,
1: that's a great night. Yeah, You break even, that's a great thing.
2: And the weather helped,
1: Yeah, except for the wind. Gorgeous <laughs> night. Oh, it was. Gorgeous night.
2: Yeah, you were there. so oh, you yeah. Were, oh, yeah. I mean, we alternated the hobby stocks and the compacts with them, and it worked out. Yeah. They kept the track in really good shape uh
1: you'd mentioned to me that um one of the big reasons why it's tough to work with the or excuse me it's tough to put on a good show for the sprint car guys is because you don't have some of the equipment that roger does to be able to tear the track up and then work it back in is that something that you're working with beatrice to try to get a little bit more equipment in there so you can put on these different shows
2: yeah we're gonna over the off-season, we're going to go out and see what we can find—a yeah. um, Rotera, anything like that, just to break that up a little Chiseled. bit before feature time.
1: Chiseled work, yeah. You know, even anything.
2: a even a disc would work if we could just set it so deep. I think that would work too. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. It, it, I think it's a little difficult going into the corners, but yeah. I've noticed. But you know, uh, even just a really small one, so you've got more flexibility with the you have to do more trips around the track. But you know, yeah. whatever—it's just gas or diesel; it's fine.
2: I went over to Harland for. Uh, Dirt Crown Championship that night, and they got a, an amazing deal over there. That yeah. They use it. I think it only took them 10 minutes to break it down, pack it back down, and they were racing again. Yeah. So. All
1: right, so working on next season's schedule, I think I see some dates wrote down there.
2: Yeah, I've actually got the schedule done, not approved by the fair board yet, but they know what I'm doing. We do know spring nationals is March 14th, 15th, and 16th. Okay. With the next weekend as a rain date. Okay. I'm doing something a little different this year. We're gonna start in April.
1: Hmm.
2: April nineteenth. Okay. So it's a
1: little late. But
2: day before Eagle starts their point. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna start early. Just trying something. Oh
1: you guys cause you guys usually start in a couple May. weeks later. Oh, yeah, yeah we always
2: started in May. Yeah. So we're gonna start in April this year. Okay. I think I got the approval to do that. Um, sprint cars will be there the next weekend on the twenty sixth. And then we'll go through opening our regular nights till May 17th, which we won't have racing that weekend because okay. of graduation, which we always take graduation off. And then the race savers will be back on May 24th. I signed them up for Memorial Day weekend. I think maybe that will be a little better. Maybe not. I don't know. Still working for, with Joe on an SLMR series or date. Yeah. We haven't got that figured out yet. Three or 305s will be back on June 21st. July 5th, we won't race. Just Fourth of July is not a not a real big. Day I think unless
1: you're going to have a big fireworks show, mm-hmm. that's a tough one.
2: And this being so close, July Fourth, the day before, we just they're not. Now yeah. last year it was in earlier in the week, so we went ahead and raced, but it was not very good. What was it a
1: Tuesday last year? Yeah, or in 2023, I think it was a yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah.
2: And then uh, we'll have the race savers back again on on July 19th. And then gage county fair will go friday night july 26th 27th and 28th will be racing of some kind i'm I'm not sure exactly how that's all going to work yet they haven't got that all set up yet august 2nd august 9th will be our championship night we're going to stop two weeks early our crowd after the fair and when school starts just
1: It's It's funny. There's a high school football games and all that stuff going on. School starts again, so you know it. I don't know. I guess that's still a couple of weeks away for uh, for uh, uh, public schools. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. There's that. There is definitely that mid that July hump.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Right after our fair, it seems like it starts dropping off pretty good, and this year was really good at dropping off. So. there's a lot of things I'll get in here. Hopefully, we'll have we'll have Gotra with the Hall of Fame night, probably August 2nd. As I'm kind of guessing, um, I've got the the Sprint Card Challenge again set up for the 20th or the 27th. As I was talking to Joe today, that might not work because Kansas City changed their date and.
1: Uh, Kansas is uh, in Lakeside? Speedway. Lake, uh, or Kansas Speedway. Yeah.
2: okay. They're going to move. Joe told me that today. So I says, well, this ain't set in stone. So we're just looking at it. And I know I did sprint cars next year or last year with them, uh, the 305s. This year I'm thinking about trying to bring in a midget, midget show. Come
1: on. Dirk.
0: Don't say the word How midget today. I,
1: he just <laughs> set me up. <laughs> He and said I didn't say anything. He's talking about bringing in a midget. Come on. <laughs> we can't. I'd, <laughs> love,
2: I'd love to have a HUSAC midget show, but I don't think so. It'll probably be Rocky Mountain Midgets or something like that.
0: First year, like four years ago, down at the dirt in December when they run indoors down in St. Louis, mm-hmm. we had Ben Shelton on the show, and he was telling us about their schedule. And, uh, matter of fact, we were still doing radio at the time. <laughs> And he comes on, and he says something about, and then, boom, they throw in the midgets. Yeah. And Dan starts laughing just uncontrollably. He's turning off his mic, and he's over there. He's about falling off his chair. And I'm like, what is up? I said, Ben, hold on a minute. And Dan finally calmed down. He goes, all I got was this visual of Scott Bloomquist throwing Rico Abreu out onto the track. (sighs)
1: <sighs> so we're going to throw some midgets in there. We're trying to. Well, I'm going to try. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. I had a great time down at Jefferson County Speedway watching those guys. And it's I I would love to see a USAC show around I, here in my area. You know, I'd love to see it at Eagle, obviously, mm-hmm. or uh, or at uh, you know Beatrice or wherever we can get them. But, man, how far those guys drive into the corner just absolutely scares the bejesus out of me. I
2: yeah. tell you what, if you haven't been to Fairbury to see one of the USAC midget shows. You I haven't. It. That one, that one, you got to at least try to make it on a Friday night. Yeah.
0: Eagle's <laughs> the only place I've been. I was down there the night, uh, 92, 3, something like that, when Jeff Gordon won in a Pepsi Midget before yeah. he was a name. That was the year he lapped everybody down at Belleville up to second place.
1: <laughs> was it? Wow. No, I, uh, the two times I've seen him, I, th- I think I've seen him at Eagle, but uh, the, the one I remember is standing in tech inspection at IED Speedway. And it, there wasn't tech inspection going on. That was just where I was standing there. And they go out for their first heat race. I, I And I, I'd watched quite a few races there, so I, I kind of had a pretty good feel of when guys would start to set the car and turn into the corner. And I swear to God, this one guy goes in. I think it was, might have been Sunshine. He was in the middle of three and four before that car started turning. And I'm like, well, here we go. There's going to be a red flag. <laughs> and he got that car hooked up and turned and just, boom, and I'm like. What? We have had them at Beatrice, but boy, that's been way back. Yeah. That little tiny
2: wheelbase. Rich Vogler even won the race, so that shows you how long wow. ago it's been. Yeah, uh, that
0: little tiny wheelbase, they turn quick. You just,
1: it's and it, it's just on an edge. I mean, I, I thought Sprint cars were on an edge, but midgets, obviously being a Sprint car, are, are farther on an edge. Yeah. <laughs> they might be a little over it, but you got to be a little bit over it to race one of those things.
0: I would think so. I don't
2: there's just not a lot of room in those
1: things.
0: No. And no. There ain't no wing on them to uh-uh. slow that boink, boink, boink we down had, the straightaway. We
2: had one at practice at Fairbury this year that uh, he'd never been in one before. And I don't know if the throttle stuck or what happened. He went in low in three, but then it shot up. When he tried to bring it back on, the back tire dropped off the bank, and it sent him over. Mm-hmm. He then hit the fence, bounced off the fence. That was his racing for the year. Yeah. Or so,
1: and that was the other scary thing is that it, they just don't stop wrecking. No, nope. you just—I mean, there's times when I can actually think in the booth, just stop, mm-hmm. just stop rolling. But they just keep going, and that's the scary part because we've seen it with other drivers that it's that constant beating and banging, and, and you know that—I guess—slow dissipation of energy yeah. is better than sudden. But well, and at they Fairbury,
2: they don't go as fast.
1: You know, they still. Yeah,
2: we haven't had them. A really bad incident in all the years we've done the midgets down there. So yeah, we've been lucky.
0: With no wing, they've got no dissipation of energy. Right, there's nothing to yeah. slow them down.
1: So we're uh, we're kind of we got a little bit of a tentative schedule together. Yeah. Some plans on working some stuff. Um, can you give me a Fairboard's number and I can talk to them about getting you access to the goddamn Facebook page <laughs> for crying out they loud? They know. They know. They know. Yes, but they're obviously not convinced. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well. I'm hoping what I've got planned, and they agree with it. Yeah. Because I think it can change how Beatrice Speedway is working right now. It it Uh, could be a huge change. You know who I'm talking about. I don't know if I should drop any names, but. uh,
1: It's okay. He won't see it coming.
2: (laughs) Roger? (laughs) Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about somebody else. No, I got. Yeah. She's not working there anymore, so. Okay. I'm talking to her about maybe coming down and helping us with some stuff.
1: Having somebody help run your social media page is absolutely instrumental.
2: And the lady that does ours, she's great at it. Yeah. But she does not know racing, which I can't, I mean, I try to help her as much, you know, and stuff. And it's just hard when you got to call somebody to tell, hey, we need this posted. Right.
1: And then they got to get on their computer and get logged Mm -hmm. in and get switched. And and Facebook doesn't make it easy to run pages. No. For any of you out there that don't have to run a page, it is a it gets more and more complicated with every change they make. But it's instrumental because they got to know. Uh, you, just, you have to know those real, real-time changes mm-hmm. that it helps inform the fans. And, and we, I, I've seen a lot of traction out of doing, like, the Facebook the videos, the pre-race videos, and, and even the live videos and stuff like yep. that go a long ways. Yep. She's,
2: she's good with all of the, you know, the graphics and all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. with all that, she's
1: really good at it.
2: I can't yeah. take that away from her. Yeah. It's just hard to, when you need to get something posted right away, sometimes right. you just you can't connect right
1: yep. quick. All right, so we're going to get your Facebook access. What else we got going on for next year? Mm.
2: Oh, I was going to try to do a few new things. that They were talking about changing the pit entrance, going off the north end, back where the little shed is, off would be the northeast entrance. Kay. So they would come right into the back pits instead okay. of driving through the fairgrounds. That's a possibility that we've talked about. I've also talked about starting at eight o'clock instead of seven thirty. Just another half hour might help yeah. get a few more cars if you know that half hour yeah. might get us a few more cars. Maybe Especially for spectators. Yeah. Or if Salina would rain out, you yeah. know, or something that gives them a little time to get up there and yeah. stuff. So Yeah. Just a few things we're trying to make some changes on and stuff. Um, working on some new sponsors this year. Just, I've already started. Like I said, I've had this done for yeah, a while. You, there <laughs> is no off season for no, a promoter. No, You're there's not. They're constantly working.
1: No, Tommy, we miss anything?
2: Not that I know. Of. Oh, I might have a new announcer next year. So.
1: Oh, no, Aaron? Well, Aaron's gonna be Okay. There.
2: Just a co-announcer? Yeah. Okay. Co-announcer, you you know your yeah. counterpart. So
1: I <laughs> <laughs> he's excited.
2: I hope so. I really looking forward to that. He needs it. I
1: think his his growth in the booth has been great the last couple of years, but he needs a second night to get just that extra experience. And he's done that
2: this year. He's went quite he a few did. places. He he's did. been all over. Yeah. I've had him at Beatrice all four nights and then we had you and him both. Yeah. And Anthony and all you yeah. guys were down there for the for the sprint car show, yeah. so
1: That was a fun night cuz it it I like, I walked in there having a plan of how things were going to go. And then it just <sighs> It, and it's not a bad thing at all. It was just like all of a sudden I was like, okay, everything I had planned is out the window and we got to make something new now because they were, they were having issues with the stream. So they, they, and it, it, it it's all insider baseball stuff that it doesn't really matter, but. It ended up being that we just we had to kind of roll with the punches. And so one, Anthony was in the booth calling yeah. the 360 race, and I was down on the, on the stream calling that race. And then we'd all do this magical chair rotate where Aaron would jump in the booth and call yeah. this, and then Anthony would jump in there. And then I'd take a break, and it was, it was just kind of a fun little deal.
2: That's something we got to work on. I would have liked to had Oktoberfest because we were going to have flow. Yeah. To see if it was something on arc end because we didn't have flow this year at all because spring nationals got canceled up until we had the one-day show Mm -hmm. and that was a dirt crown tv deal and they had trouble that night then when the late models were there they had trouble that night yeah and now again with the sprint cars they had trouble so it could be on our end i don't know that's all going to get checked out this year
1: my limited experience on how that stuff works it it felt to me like there was too many things plugged in Mm -hmm. and I mean, because we had that same deal at I-80 Speedway for a long time. When the touring guys would come in and they'd start plugging into that board, the board just couldn't handle it. And all of a sudden, you'd get buzzing and you'd get dropouts and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and not until they spent kind of big money on getting that fixed. And then we had the same issues at, at Eagle. And then once they spent money, it, so it's my, aunt, my, my uh, response to that is it's, probably, it's fixable. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to cost that I you know think, that almighty dollar.
2: I think Ryan knows what the problem is. Yeah. And I think he knows what to do. And then um, Tim and Derek and Matt's mother passed away. Fraylin, okay. And they left some money to the racetrack that they had come up. They wanted to make sure some improvements got done. So I'm hoping maybe we can get take care of that issue. I don't want to be able to play some music.
1: Yeah. Well, if you guys are interested, uh, you got a uh, business out there, and you want to get some uh, exposure out in the Beatrice, uh, uh, Beatrice area. uh, uh, Take care of the uh, the Speedway. Uh, You got a dedicated crowd and and, uh, uh, an announcer that will take care of you sponsor wise. Uh, I know Aaron does a fantastic job. I I got to hear him that night, and I think he did a really uh, just a great job. And uh, I think James will uh, be a great uh, addition to him if if you guys are able to make it work. But. Uh, that sponsorship dollar goes a long ways towards these improvements to being able to buy the equipment, maintain the track, upgrade the facility, that kind of fun stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm just hoping we can, you know, we, we lease a tractor pretty much every year. They charge it by the hour or whatever, how many hours they use it, and I'm hoping we can do the same thing with some kind of something to yeah. kind of tear that track up a little bit. There's nights that needs it. There's nights that don't. Yeah. So, But it would be nice to have it if we did, you know, and then we could do some stuff during intermission. Which we need to do. It's pretty quiet during intermission and stuff like that, and then yeah. play music, which I would really. That's love a to huge get. thing. That is a big thing. Huge yeah. thing. You know, I did the fireworks at the sprint car show, and we kept looking. My wife and I did, and boy, that's that's going to kill us. You know, <laughs> that extra three thousand dollars for the yeah. fireworks, but everything is working out pretty good. But to me, that's a part of the show anymore. You almost got
1: to do something. Yeah. And it worked out. I, I I think fans really love those those mm-hmm. little details, those little things. Having a post race concert, yeah. you know that's that's an easy one to say. But after spending so many years in radio and dealing with local bands, there's a lot of things I'd rather do than deal with a local band. Yeah. And try to hi- and listen, some people. It's so easy to say. Well, let's have a concert at the end of the show. Yeah. Well, then you get to figure out how much local bands charge, and you're like, yeah. I, I'm priced out. There's no way I can make enough money to justify that. Yeah, and
2: it. I mean, we got plenty of room to do something like that. but mm-hmm. And they've done it in the past. It's been a while. But then you got to get a stage or place for them to play, and clear out the room,
1: you know, so you got room to do it. It's a lot more headache, and, and it's, it's tough to do. But, you know, doing little things like that, I think it goes a long ways toward, for fans. Yeah. They appreciate yeah. that stuff. Yep. Tommy Denton, Dirk, you got anything for him?
0: Nope. I was just going to comment when he was talking about having the equipment earlier. It's a lot better to have the equipment on hand and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Tommy, uh, I, uh, you and I have become friends over the last couple of years. You probably need to hear this. You're doing a hell of a job, man. Thank you. Keep it up.
2: I've, I got some comments, after, even with Oktoberfest, you know, getting yeah. canceled. Mike Densberger wrote one of the nicest things to me, He's, and I, I felt so – it made me feel really good yeah. about everything. And he says, whether we race or not this weekend, we're going to be back next year. <laughs> so, yeah. you know – you got he goes, You take more grief than anybody I know on Facebook.
1: Man, I, I like I said, I, I've I've watched it in my small time. I, I know Dirk's probably watched it with I can only imagine what Craig Kelly experienced with you know, he was he was a lot like a Roger Hayden and, and a Joe yeah. Kaziski where they were the face of the racetrack. They weren't just mm-hmm. the promoter, they were the face.
0: Bonus for Craig Kelly. Social media wasn't that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. He had to deal with it in person. Yeah. <laughs> Toby yeah. Cruz
0: told me that
2: social media will be the death of a, a lot, lot of cool racing.
1: I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be the death of it. If, if, the, if you manage it correctly, it can be a tremendous asset, but it is a, it is a finicky thing. Yeah, It's very, very tough. It's like trying to hold a fish. It's, to, ma- to manage it correctly is very yeah. difficult to yeah. do, but, but every promoter needs to know this. Obviously, you got changes to make to, to make things work a little bit better. But you know what? Joe Kozinski had that same thing every year after the season. They would sit down and talk about ways yeah. that they could. They, and they've been doing it for so long, but they still made little mistakes here and there or they yeah. still learn lessons here and there. That, and I know Roger does too.
2: That's what I'm going to do with my guys later on here. Sit down with all the guys, all the officials. Now I've got to find another head flagman. I saw that. Travis is deciding to go... Take care be, of his family, he'll be which a is, family, man. he's going to do. The, Nothing wrong with that. You know, he's got his two little girls. I don't blame him. Family yeah. comes first. But now i got to look for a head flag. Man. Yeah. So, and that's tough.
1: Yeah. Uh, is his brother available or is he racing that night? Uh,
2: he usually races at Beatrice. So, okay. but he
1: didn't towards the oh, middle I, of the season. I he, think he junked his car.
2: I don't know. What? Yeah, he. He's wrecked it quite a few times. I yeah. know Beatrice. He's pretty one, good at that. He rolled it tw- <laughs> two different cars at Beatrice last year or year before. So, but yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one to. And I think I need a couple other flagmen. That one of them says he may not be there every night this year. And the other one says he didn't think he was going to be there this year. So, and I'm going to. I think all three flagmen are going to have to. I'm going to have to find somebody. I think Sean Van Leningham will be back part time, yeah. but the other guys I don't know.
1: Kyle could do it. <laughs> Kyle Van Over said he would do it. He's, he's liking this. He was helping be an official. At, you know, uh, well, uh, he
0: could help sometimes because he's not running for the championship <laughs> this year. So he would have some Friday nights off to go yeah. to football games and spend with his family, but he'd gladly come flag.
1: Right. That's how that works. <laughs> you know, I did it
2: for play day for spring nationals. I went out there and did it. I do not want that job. Yeah. I do not envy any head flagman at all. It's a tough job. It would be. That's My job's bad enough. Yeah. I sure wouldn't want a flagman.
1: <laughs> all right, Tommy, we've got to wrap it up. We're, uh, we're way late on getting to our uh, sport compact track champion, so thank, thank you, you so much for ahead. joining us. Uh, Tommy Denton, promoter for Beatrice Speedway. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another episode of The Front Stretch.